What's going on? It is Kilo, and we are back for another episode of the regular podcast on the regular network. It's real. All right, y'all, welcome back. Before we get started, please make sure you subscribe to the channel on YouTube, like the ch- like the videos, um, comment on the videos, do everything to help the platform grow, man. I appreciate all the help so far. We got a lot more growing to do, but thank y'all for what y'all are doing for me right now and all the engagement, comments, all that good stuff right there. This will probably be my most random episode in a long time. I'm, I'm about to just talk about a few random topics very quickly. I don't have a long episode for you this week like I may have in previous weeks. Very short, very random episodes. Um, First topic is really going to be about Whole Foods. I want to know what y'all think about Whole Foods. And um, I see, I live in 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 an area in Southwest Atlanta, right? And it would be considered a nicer area, the, the specific part I live in anyway, right? So a lot of the residents have been asking for a Whole Foods to come to our area. And I know some people are thinking like, how, how can you ask for a Whole Foods? Well, a lot of grocery stores do have a way for an, an area to court them and say, hey, we would love for you to come to our area. And even on Whole Foods' website, they have like a specific section for for just that. Um, let me pull it up real quick. Okay, yes. Whole Foods actually has a real estate section on their website where they tell you what type of things they're looking for, okay? If you have a retail location you would think you think would make a good site for Whole Foods Inc., please review the following guidelines carefully for consideration, okay? And they have a list here. Of, of things that they would like to see, right? Large number of college, you know, of course, the size requirements and the uh, population density. Large number of college-educated residents, abundant parking available for exclusive use, standalone preferred, would consider complimentary, easy access from roadways, lighted intersections, uh, excellent visibility directly off of the street, must be located in a high-traffic area. Please refer to our master broker list to find contact information to, sub- to submit for a consideration. Please send as much of the following information as possible. So as you can see here, they do have standards and guidelines for any municipality or location, county or otherwise, that would like to court them and request a Whole Foods uh, shopping center or Whole Foods market, right? So for people who don't know why anybody would be asking for one, that's why. Because you, your politicians can't actually request one from Whole Foods, right? So I was having a conversation with some people from the area because we have like a Facebook group or whatever. And I was saying, I think that Whole Foods is choosing their locations. And I think that race is a large factor in it, even though... They don't say anywhere on any website or they don't give any indication that they choose based on race, other than the fact that a lot of heavily trafficked black areas don't have a Whole Foods, right? So a gentleman who works in the grocery data space, he, he works on like the, 
I guess, marketing side, but the data science marketing side of it. He sent me an article and he said, pretty much Whole Foods likes to go to places with college educated people. They don't really care about race. Of course, you know, I'm not going for that, right? Because I, we all know better than that. Most of us do anyway. And we know that Whole Foods is not just accidentally popping up in places that are mostly white and avoiding places that are mostly non-white or they're avoiding places that are mostly black. Okay. So what I did was I went and compiled, I went and looked up, okay, what are the most heavily populated counties in America, right? Which counties are majority black in America? And then what states are those counties in, right? So I went, I went and looked at every single county that was majority black in America, saw what states they were in, pretty much all in the Southeast and then like Arkansas, right? And then I guess Louisiana, but you wouldn't count Louisiana as uh, Southeast, right? It's just the South. But pretty much the rest of them were all in the Southeast area, right? And then Tennessee also. So I went and looked at every Whole Foods in the blackest parts of America, right? Even in counties with a over 50% black majority, right? And I said, okay, I want to find out, is there a Whole Foods in this county? And if there is a Whole Foods in this county, is the zip code that the Whole Foods is located in, does that match the county's demographics, right? Is there just as many black people in that zip code as there are in the entire county where that Whole Foods is located? And um, some of you might be shocked to find out, I'm not shocked about it. Some of y'all might be shocked to find out that um, my suspicions were correct. Even when they are in majority black areas, for the vast majority of times, they choose to put their location in a zip code that is largely unblack, except for, let me pull this up here, except for a few instances, which is good because they have 500 stores in the country. And let's see, one, two, three, four, five of their stores in the entire nation are in majority black zip codes. All right. And I'll, I'll just give you a little bit of information here, right? Savannah, Georgia, is the has the highest black population of all of of the zip codes with a with the Whole Foods in it. That's the three one four zero four zip code. There's a Whole Foods there, and they have sixty seven point eight percent black population. So that's good. So at least it's not zero, you know, stores in black areas, right? Then you have one on Eighth Street. Uh, there's two on Eighth Street, but there's one on Eighth Street and two zero zero. 20002 zip code, and that has 62% black population in that zip code, right? So I wanted to look at the county zip code, which Washington, D.C. doesn't have a county, but the whole city is 45% black. And then the zip code where that Whole Foods is at is 62% black. So to me, that's a positive, right? Because the, the store where the zip where the zip code, I mean, this store's location is in a zip code with over black population higher than the actual county itself, right? Also, same thing with Savannah. Savannah has a uh, that county, Chatham County, 
where Savannah is located, has a 41.4% black population, but that store has 67.8% um, black, that store location zip code, 67.8% black population. So that's amazing. Another one, Baltimore, D.C. in the 21202 zip code, that's in Baltimore County. And Baltimore County has 31.3% black population. That store has 55.7% black population in that zip code. Also, very good. I, I like that. Uh, I'm, I'm only reading these because I think it's interesting, and maybe y'all will too. Jackson, Mississippi. Hines County, Jackson, Mississippi has 31. Uh, this is zip code 39211. The county's black population is 69.15%. But the zip code where that store is located is 52.6%. So even though it's lower, it's still over 50%. So to me, that's a good thing. The problem to me, though, is that is the only Whole Foods in the, in the entire state of Mississippi. And Mississippi ha is the blackest state in the country by percentage of population, right? So for, for, for this to be a state where they only have one... Whole Foods, so they're saying like no other place in this whole state fits their demographic of who would shop there, which they say is a younger millennial woman, white woman, who makes $80,000 a year with a bachelor's degree or higher. Okay, so that's who they say shops there the most. But I think that's who shops there the most because they are the ones who have Whole Foods close to them. Okay, because if you put Whole Foods by other people, they would also buy it. But let's move on. D.C. is also in there again. And this D.C. has two in the top ten. And the DMV total has three in the top ten with two in D.C. and one in Baltimore, right? D.C., Florida Avenue, 20001. And that zip code has 51%, 51.7% black population. Again, this is a... This is something that I put together myself in a spreadsheet. I, I just went around every single Whole Foods in all of the states with the highest black populations, which would have been, well, with counties that have a more than 50% black population, right? So these are the blackest counties in America, right? Not to say there's the most black people, but it's to say there's the highest constant, uh, there's the largest black population density in these places, right? So, you you have that one in D.C. Should I show this to y'all? This is something I put together. I'll show it to y'all. Okay. We're down to New Orleans, Louisiana. Louisiana, of course. North Broad Street location. 70119 zip code. That county, New Orleans County Parish, has 59.2 black population. And the zip code where the store is at has a... 49.6. So, so far, you know, everything is pretty everything. You understand? Richmond, Virginia, in Henrico County, 23220. 30% black population, 32% zip code where the store is located. That's great. Charleston, South Carolina, 29407. 25% black population in that county, 30% black population. That's amazing. Here's one that's pretty, this is, this is pretty good here. Uh, Merriman Avenue in Asheville, North Carolina. There's essentially no black people there. But where all the black people live, pretty much, is where they put the Whole Foods at. So that's pretty good in 
Buncombe County. I don't know how to pronounce that properly. When you start to look at Georgia, this is where it gets a little bit nasty to me. Ponce on Ponce de Leon Street or Avenue in Atlanta, Fulton County, and the zip code 30308. In a county with 44% black population, they found a zip code with 27%. Another DC location, also 45% black population, 27% for the store. Now, I'm nitpicking a little bit here. Look at River Park, Maryland. Prince George County, 64% black population. They put the store where there's only 25% black people. I think some of the most egregious like examples would be, let's look at Columbia, South Carolina. This is not one of the more egregious ones, I'll show you. Columbia, South Carolina, in Richland County, 29205 zip code. There's 49.4% black population in Richland County, but only but they put the store where there's only 17.6% black population there. Let's go to Okay, so this is where it gets a little nasty when you flip it like that, right? There are there are more stores where they put um there are more stores in zip codes with less than 10% black population than there are stores with more than 50% black population. Okay? To me that's a problem. Bethesda, Maryland in Montgomery County, the zip code is 20816. County population is 20.4%, but they put the store where there's only 1.58% black population. Nashville, very similar. Nashville, Tennessee, Davidson County, zip code 37215. There's a 21.2% black population, and there's only 1.9% black, black population where that store is at. Disgusting acti activity. Wisconsin Avenue, again, in D.C., 45% black in D.C., but they put that store where there's only 3% black people in that zip code. Nasty activity. Even this place in Franklin, Tennessee, you know, Williamson County, 3707, there's only 4.4% black population, and they still went under that some type of way. It's, it's a little bit wild. If, if, if we were to look at all 500-plus stores that Whole Foods owns, if we were to look at all 500 plus stores that Whole Foods owns, we would see a much larger percent of them that are in zip codes that are above 80% white than we would see them in zip codes that are under the 62% that matches the demographics of America, right? So what I'm saying is the vast majority of Whole Foods locations in America are in areas that are nearly 100% white, in zip codes that are nearly 100% white. By, by nearly, I mean above 80%, right? That's not by accident to me. Let's look at some more of these. The, let's see here. In Birmingham, Alabama. Alabama is another one of the blackest uh, states in the country as far as the amount of counties with above 50% black population, 35243 uh, zip code. That county has 41.52% black population, yet where that store is located, there's only 5.15% black population there. 
nasty activity. Another one in D.C. with only less than 10%. Look at this. In Atlanta. How do you, how do you find a location in Atlanta that only has 7% black population? Right? Northside Parkway. This zip code, 30327, has 7.30% black population. In one of the blackest cities in America, they, they decided to put that... Uh, they decided to put that location there. But guess what they don't do in Atlanta at, at any place of Atlanta, right? So I'll, I'll go to Fulton County, right? There's up, there's also some other suburban places in Atlanta. Fulton County right here, these are all Atlanta joints, right? And, and this is 44.7% is the Fulton County um Fulton County percentage. Atlanta itself is even more black than this, right? Yet, all of these stores, the highest black concentration is pretty much downtown at 27.7%. The rest of them fall off drastically from there. Uh, it's in a, this Peachtree location has only 17.3% black population in that zip code. This, no. This Roswell location Roswell Road, excuse me, has only 16.10% black population there. 14th Street, right in Midtown, only 11.10% black population. That's right around, um, right around Georgia Tech. This one in Alpharetta, only 10%, which we know Alpharetta is pretty white. Paces Ferry in Atlanta. That's a street in Northwest Atlanta, pretty much. 8.6. And we just talked about that one. Northside Highway, Northside Parkway, I mean. Let's look at some of the other ones in Georgia. Cobb County, Marietta. In Cobb County, they have 29.2% black population, which is still pretty high. It's almost three times the national population of black people. Or national, you know, only 6%. They put that in a zip code that's only 6% black. And actually, I used to go to this location often. Kennesaw, Georgia. You know, still Cobb County. They put that one in a 19.2% black, black area. You know, also, I want to I want to say something about the locations that they chose in Georgia. There are <clears throat> there are no Whole Foods locations in Atlanta or in Georgia. Uh, no, not Georgia, period. But in the metro Atlanta area <clears throat> that are south of I-20. Let me let me pull this up real quick. There are no Whole Foods locations that are south of I-20. This is very important to note. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, whoa, whoa. What's going on here? Give me a second, y'all. Give me a second. And I'm spending a lot of time on this. I didn't even expect to spend this much time on it. So this is what we'll do here. This is what we'll do here. I'll show you something real quick, right? Show you something real quick, right? Whole Foods Market. <clears throat> okay. These are all of the Whole Foods locations in the entirety of the Atlanta metropolitan area. This down here, this is 20, right? And down here would be South Side. This is the Southwest Side, Southeast Side, South Side. Oh, there are no Whole Foods locations anywhere south of the city. Y'all know why? If you read The Souls of Black Folks by W.E.B. Du Bois, 
then you would know that a long time ago, black people in the Atlanta area got pushed to the southeast and the southwest side of the city. Black people were pushed there 100 years ago, and that pretty much has been the place where black people have grown, congregated, and moved to for a century or over a century because he wrote that book in, what, 1897, something like that, 1903, around that time, right? So I want to show you all again. This is what most most of these, oh, excuse me, this is what most of these cities look like when it comes to their Whole Foods locations. You can look at the map and just tell which areas are black based on where Whole Foods is located in that area, in that city. It's kind of sick, right? All of these locations, again, we're talking about the what we call the black mecca, <clears throat> black Hollywood. They found a way to strategically place these Whole Foods markets in areas that are still vast majority white. The blackest area that they put a Whole Foods in all of Metro Atlanta is only 27% black. How do they figure out, how did they, like that's strategic. There's no way. First of all, if you have been to Atlanta, you know that there are pockets, large pockets of black people in, in Atlanta that have money. Not to say that everybody's rich in that area, there's large pockets of middle-class black people in, in, in Atlanta area that spend money. That would definitely, they spend plenty of money at Publix. Publix is like considered one of the nicer grocery stores in like the Southeast, right? Whole Foods is nicer. Trader Joe's is considered nicer, but Publix is a nice grocery store. Prices are up and people spend money. I, in the area I live in, there's three Publix grocery stores within like 10 minutes. And that's that's weird. That's kind of weird because it's like a high, like I said, a high end grocery store, higher end type of grocery store, right? <clears throat> so, I'm 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 not going to flat out stamp it yet, but I will say, Whole Foods, y'all are y'all at war with black people? Whole Foods, are you at war with black people? What's the problem with being in black zip codes? Black majority zip codes. You're in two, or let me see how many. Whole Foods is in five majority black zip codes in America. Five out of 500 stores. Why? Why is that? There's a whole bunch of counties that are majority black. There's plenty of zip codes that are majority black and there's plenty of zip codes where the black population has a has a sufficient um, college graduation rate and sufficient income to warrant having a store. I, I saw people saying that the college graduation rate mattered a lot, right? So I looked up the college graduation rate for this area I live in and it's 34%. Right. So that means and then I've, I found that you guys have a store in Henderson, Nevada, where the college grad rate is 33 percent. So that means at, at minimum, because I haven't looked at every single store's, you know, city and what their grad rate is. That means at minimum. Thirty three percent will get the job done. OK, so, you know, y'all might have some explaining to do because this area meets every other benchmark. And people are begging for it, right?
So I'm, I'm not going to bore y'all with any more of that because that just took 25 minutes or maybe 20, 20 something minutes. Okay. Now, let me, let me play y'all a quick clip real quick here. People say Jews are too powerful. We're too strong. We're too rich. We control the media. We have too much this. We have too much that. And we often apologetically deny our strength and our power. Don't do that. Don't do that. We have earned the right to influence public debate. We have earned the right to be heard. We have contributed disproportionately to the success of this country. Never, ever apologize for using our strength and our influence in the interest of peace. And if you need a biblical source for it, just remember the psalmist who said, Hashem owes Liamo Yutain. God will give the Jewish people strength, owes. And then, only then, Hashem Shalom, only then will God give the Jewish people peace. Peace will come for the Jewish people and the Jewish nation only through strength. Never apologize for using your strength for peace. Thank you. Okay, so who, that person you just heard, his name is Alan Dershowitz, and he's a um, he's a gentleman that had a message for his people. And I'm I'm not mad at the message, man. You know, you have to you have to do what you have to do, but there's a lot of conversation going on in, in, in mainstream America right now, and a lot of names and labels are being thrown around, and a lot of names and labels are being put on people for saying what they think and what they feel. So guess what? Not, not to say I want to play a, play a, a game, but I do want to bring up a, a person who's not mentioned a whole lot in when some of these conversations come up. And, and I don't understand why, because for a long time, he was probably the most powerful person in all of entertainment globally. Probably the most powerful person. Let me read a little bit about this fella, man. You let me know if you heard of this guy. Sumner Redstone, whose original name was Sumner Rothstein, was an American billionaire businessman and media magnate. He was the founder and chairman of the second incarnation of Viacom, which was dissolved in 2019. Now, if, if you look up this, this fella, you will see that a lot of his companies were dissolving and buying each other and changing their names and selling parts of the company then buying it back at a later time the same exact company like do there's a whole lot of that over the lifespan of this fella's uh career so essentially what happened was let me let's go to early life and education redstone was born to a jewish family in boston massachusetts to bell and michael rothstein in 1940, his father changed the family surname from Rothstein to Redstone. Okay. I guess because they felt like they thought they could hide it or something. I don't, I'm not sure. Michael Rothstein owned Northeast Theater Corporation in Dedham, Dedham, Massachusetts, the forerunner of National Amusements. Now, National Amusements is the company that you need to do your Googles on. 
do your research on National Amusements. It is a family-owned company. It is owned by the Redstone family, and it is private. Private, family-owned company that is pretty much been behind and controlling most of what most of what all a lot of us have been consuming for the last 70 years in America. Okay. Now, and, and to be clear, some of the uh, national amusements, let me speed up because it's going to take too long if I do it slow. Uh, national amusements is a private company, but they own Viacom CBS, right? And Viacom CBS owns a lot, right? I'll just show you a, a few of what they own. Let me let me show you this graphic here, right? This is a list of the companies that they were owning as of this date, right? Ten years ago. Here's just a list, and this is from the SEC. So this list is legit. This is from their business filings with the company. This is a list of all you, and you would notice some of these some of these companies you've seen before: MTV, BT, Nickelodeon, Paramount, CMT. That's Country Music uh, Network. They they have owned Spike. They have owned some of the largest names in broadcast television. Okay, on on top of owning that, the companies that they own then own a bunch of other companies. Paramount is it, Paramount itself owns a whole bunch of companies right that's paramount pictures paramount studios paramount and then paramount global which owns just a whole bunch of different things and the reason i'm bringing that up is because you have to understand that you have to understand that there is a such thing as uncontrollable power and it does not have to be an entire group the, a large portion of the industry is being run by one family, the Redstone family. And I don't know if anybody was paying attention, but when some of the Redstone was, was dying and he was about to die, his kids started to battle over who would get ownership of what and who would get control of what, who would be a CEO, who would, who would get what. Because they know that if you take that top spot that that patriarch has been holding down for a long time, you will have a... a disgusting amount of power in this world and especially in the entertainment industry they know that and and you should know it too again this is not about putting it on a group of people just because this man happens to be jewish is not the reason he's this powerful right he just happens to be jewish and he is the most po he was the most powerful man now his daughter sherry redstone is the most powerful person in the entertainment industry and she's the most powerful woman in the entertainment in industry by far it's not even close there's not a close second right i know you've heard of lucian grange and he won like top executive in in the music industry or whatever it was and he was he's deemed as one of the most powerful people but he is he is very powerful of course but he's like he was he was like a baby compared to sumner redstone Okay. And Lucian Grange just so happened to be Jewish as well. And Lucian Grange followed up, like he took over Universal after a man named Doug Morris, who was also very, very, very powerful in the music industry, entertainment industry. 
also happen to be Jewish. But that's that's neither here nor there. We're just talking about people because we would never condemn a whole group based on the actions of a few. Again, as I said, Sumner Redstone himself and his family for a hundred years have been some of the most powerful people in all of media. Sumner being the most powerful, for sure. Just think, just think. Think Bill Gates of TV. Not money-wise. Because a lot of people don't realize Bill Gates' money is not what is the most dangerous part about him. Bill Gates' power, influence, and access is what makes him so dangerous as a powerful person. You know what I'm saying? Because he, I don't think Bill Gates cares about all the people who pass him up on the Forbes list and all this other type of stuff. They don't have the power he has. Okay? So people like Redstone, some of the Redstone, he didn't care about being the richest person in the world. It, it really didn't matter. Because once you get to a certain level, the money is not what's the most important. The After a certain level, they all have... Because once you get so many billions of dollars, there's really nothing you can buy anyway. Of course, if you, you could blow it, but there's you, you could be spending money forever and the money would never stop. Okay. At that level, they don't, it's not money is not the thing. That's why you know somebody like Jeffrey Epstein, who the person who you heard speaking earlier, Alan Dershowitz, he was Jeffrey Epstein's lawyer. But anyway, somebody like Jeffrey Epstein's Epstein. They say was only worth $800 million. He wasn't even a billionaire. But look at the power he had over people. He, he really could move around the world and do anything he wanted with anybody he wanted to do it with. And he was without even having billionaire status. But yet, I won't, I won't say that. But I do want y'all to look into this. I saw people, you know, I saw people discussing on like Twitter and whatnot about how these these companies, these white-owned companies or whatever, are controlling black media because they bought BET. Viacom bought BET. If you didn't if you didn't hear me earlier, I said some of the Redstone they started Viacom. Okay, Viacom and CBS merge. It's the same company. They own BET. They own MTV. They purchased them. They did not found them. Bob Johnson founded BET, but it was purchased by some of the Redstone, his one of his little companies under National Amusements. Who, by the way, also owns, I think, thousands of theaters across the country. So they can control what gets into their theaters as well. That's neither here nor there. People were talking about if, like, why can't black people, or why does black people have to allow others to own our media? They would never let us do that to them. Here's the, here's the thing here that I think, though, I think people are missing. The people who own black media that are not black, they are doing it without our permission. It's not like we're letting them do it. They're just doing it, right? We could do the same thing to other people. The problem is, for whatever reason, when, when we see each other try to go start something that doesn't include black people, we dec- we think we need to call that person out, expose that person. We need to dog them, drag them, all this type of stuff, call them a coon, say all type of crazy stuff about them because they're trying to go do what other people have done to us. And not to say it's, not to say it's right or wrong. They're just trying to go do something in another space and get money from some other people. And it's like, we get offended. It's like, why, why don't you want to take our money? But we're not understanding that 
the reason these other groups get so big is because they come take our money and bring it back to them. You know, a person like Ozzy Media, his name is Ozzy, let me see what's his real name. His name is Ozzy, oh. his name is Ozzy, no, his, I'm sorry, his name is Carlos Watson. And I, and I met executives from Ozzy Media, I interviewed him at the uh, Rick Ross Car Show, if y'all see my videos in the Rick Ross Car Show, that executive producer, two of them, they worked at Ozzy Media, right? Ozzy Media, started by a black man named Carlos Watson, right? <clears throat> They've been catching flack because people are saying they don't have enough black representation on the, on the network. They don't have a lot of black fans because they don't have a lot of black shows that are geared towards black people. But it's like, he, he, he disputed that. He said that wasn't true. But let's just say it was true, right? Why can't black people make content that's not for black people? What if I want to start a channel that focuses only on the Spanish, the, the Latin, you know, like the Latin American people. What if I want to start a channel that is specifically for people in Mexico? What if I want to do that? I shouldn't have black people attack me because I want to do that. You know why? Because that's a good market and there was pro there's probably a lot of money that could be made in that market. You can't tell us we're not allowed to do business just because we are black and that everything that we do has to be centered around entertaining black people. First of all, that's part of the problem that we only want to entertain ourselves. If we go entertain other people, we just be the executives. We could take a lot of money, bring it back to our community like they've been doing to us. Some of those people, they, they might come to our communities, set up a little store where they cook their, their version of fast food, sell it to us. But when they go home, they don't eat that stuff that they give you. And your kids. When they put movies on the screen and sell it and market it on BT and say, hey, this is for you and your family, they don't go home and watch that. You understand what I'm saying? So why when we see a black person going out and doing something, do we feel like we need to attack them? That's why I've been heavy on the stop canceling black people, stop attempting to cancel black people. If, if other people want to cancel us, all right, whatever. I don't care if they don't want to deal with us no more, right? But black people need to, we can't do it to ourselves. When, when, when I saw how people was acting when people went to go meet with a president, Donald Trump, he's, he, he was a president. Whether you care to acknowledge it or not, dude was a president. Y'all was trying to get rid of bl black people because they went and met with the president as if there was any presidents that were good for us anyway. right? There were no presidents that were good for us. So people have met with other presidents in the past. Y'all didn't care when, y'all didn't care any other time. So you trying to throw black people away. One of the best surgeons in American history, Ben Carson, y'all are, are telling him like he's not black anymore because he, he worked with Donald Trump. Like we try to throw each other away because we are trying to get money outside of just in the community. Dude comes from supreme poverty in Detroit, I believe, Ben Carson. He went and got and, and reached the highest heights of surgery in America. And y'all are telling him he's not black because he wanted to work with Donald Trump. It's crazy. We try to throw each, we try to throw each other away for attempting to go get money somewhere else. I really don't understand it. If you see, there's an episode of Atlanta that just aired a few weeks ago, and it was about like the the black dudes in the streets. Instead of instead of trying to be a rapper or instead of trying to get find some black street rappers, go find you a white dude that's from the suburbs and give him an image and tell him what to rap about and create a white rapper. 
you will get rich like that. You'll win a you'll win a bunch of awards like that, and you can stay behind the scenes and you can stay safe. Now, when I when I see something like that, like an episode like that, I don't take that to mean literally go get a white rapper. Even though some people are doing that, salute DJ Drama, salute to Dr. Dre for getting Eminem, salute to everybody who did that, right? But that's I don't think that you don't have to take that literally though. It's a concept. It's a concept to say, go get money off of other people. Don't let them always come get money off of us. They don't have to discover us for us to get rich. We can also discover them. What Jay-Z say, which I always got a whole line for something. Hove said, it was F you pay me. Now it was F paying you. F paying me, I'll pay you. Put the rest away for blue, right? That's that's how we need to think. I know some of y'all in, in, in the conscious community don't really mess with Jay-Z, but you don't have to mess with him to, to learn from the stuff he's talking about, right? And that's for anybody. You don't have to mess with Donald Glover to learn from that episode of Atlanta that there is a lot of money in other communities and other people. We need to go get it. I used this analogy before. If we are in a pool, like a, like a swimming pool, right? A 500-gallon swimming pool. And all of us have a bucket and we are just passing it around to each black person. Our pool will never grow. It's just us sharing. That's what we always tell each other. Let's cycle the black dollar. That's just us sharing the same dollars. And we always talk about how the black community is so under, underrepresented and under-resourced. So if we already don't have the most resources, but we still keep passing around the same bucket of water that the next black person just had, we, we get no growth. But... If you have a, a pool next to ours and it's a Jewish pool, and then you have a pool next to that, it's, an, it's a Chinese pool, then you have a pool next to that, it's a Mexican pool, then you have a pool next to that, it's an Indian pool, then you have a pool next to that, it is a Nigerian pool. When I, when I say black, you know black American. You got a Nigerian pool right here, then you might have a you know, Japanese pool over here. What we need to do is send people out, excuse me, send people out to go get buckets of water from their pool and bring it back to ours. Once we start the overflow, which we want, we want overflow, we want abundance, we want prosperity. Once we start overflowing, that's when we go and start to reconstruct our pool, make it bigger. So now what we go do is invest and we build a bigger pool. Now we got a thousand gallon pool. Now when we go out and get more water and bring it back. We go get some of the Jewish water, bring it back. We go get some of the Chinese water, bring it back. Mexican water, bring it back. Indian water, bring it back. Japanese, bring it back. Nigerian water, bring it back. That's how a community grows. That's an analogy for how communities grow. That's what they do. That's what everybody's doing. We are the only ones not doing it. And it's mostly because when, when somebody's attempted to go do it, when I leave my pool to go get some water from the, from the Jewish pool, I get attacked. And guess what it makes me do? Not me specifically, but me figuratively. Guess what it makes me do? It makes me say, okay, I'm not bringing this bucket of water back to the black pool. I'm going to just stay over here at the Jewish pool. Why would I come back? Y'all just attacked me. Y'all just told me I was a coon for coming over here and getting some of their water. Why would I come back? I'm staying over here now. And matter of fact, I'm going to go from this pool, I'm going to go get money from all these other communities. And actually, when I do come back to y'all, I'm only coming back to take some of y'all water and I'm bringing it back to the Jewish community pool, right? That's, that's how that works. 
We can't attack black people because they're going out and getting some money. They could bring it back. Even if they don't, so what? You still can't attack people for going to get money. It doesn't make sense. The pool never grows. The community does not grow from cycling the same poverty dollars around the community. It don't work like that. Okay? I, that, that was really the reason that I recorded the podcast today because I wanted to say that and I feel like we need to rethink what's going on. We need to rethink the strategy. We've, we've really be out here feeling like arguing on Twitter with different people is, it, it makes us feel good, but really it makes us look like the only thing we do is roast. The only thing we do good is roast. Even though I know that's not the truth because we got plenty of successful people out here moving and not talking on the internet at all. But I'm just saying that the some of our, our most intelligent people are spending a lot of time on the internet arguing. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, bro, have you have you gone and taken money from not taken, but have you gone and earned the dollars from other communities and brought some back to us yet? That's everybody's mission. Your mission is to go out, get money from other communities, and bring it back to the black community, black American community. That is the mission. Everybody needs to be on the mission. I hear a lot of people talking about the cold, but I don't hear nobody talking about the mission. Cold is about how we talk. Who cares how you speak? Talk any way you want to talk. Speak any way you want to speak. Go carry out the mission, man. And I'm not saying anything crazy. I'm not talking about violence. I'm not talking about criminal activity. I'm only talking about... Now, this is the real code. The real code is what's understood don't need to be explained. Get the money however you got to get the money. But just bring it back. That's all I got for y'all, man. Make sure you hit me up on Reddit, The Regular Topics. Make sure you follow on Instagram at The Regular Network. Make sure you visit us on the website, The Regular Podcast, The Regular Net, excuse me, TheRegularNetwork.com for all information and updates. And also, we are running our annual Bro Inc. writing competition for middle school students uh, in sixth grade through eighth grade. Short story competition. If you have a middle school ch child and you and you think they are into writing and they are interested in sci-fi please have them write a submission i will put the flyer up on the screen here so you can see it and you can submit that at www.broinc.org slash writing w-r-i-t-i-n-g hyphen 2023 so that's broinc.com uh, broinc.org slash writing2023. You can submit your story there, submit your student story there, and uh, think the final day for submissions is around December 23rd. It, it's on the flyer. I can't remember the exact date. But if you are interested in entering that, please have your child write a story. This is going to be even bigger and better than last year. So I appreciate y'all for listening, man. Make sure you subscribe. Peace.